you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in a warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important about being at church, being with your friends, being with new people and strangers, intergenerational community, and all the support and encouragement and challenge that comes along with that. Wonderful music, delicious snacks, and, uh, and some other cool things that you only experience when you're there, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you are away from home or working or listening from afar or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we invite you to receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we encourage you to use your open mind to think critically about what you're hearing, to do your own research, to read the scripture. The link is in the blog post on our website, sundaymorningsleepin.com. We encourage you to think. We don't expect that you will agree with absolutely everything we say, but we do hope that as you consider what we're talking about, that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know is God moving in your life, particularly as you consider today's topic, which is joy is our true home. Joy is our true home. Ah. Yeah, I was going to do the same sound. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This, This sermon is based on 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 24, which I'm going to read because it's short. It's short. In fact, when I handed it to one of my lay readers, they're like, ooh, this is a short one this week. And there's no hard words in it. No hard words. Well, let's see. Let's see how hard they are. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. So, may God add his blessing to to the the reading reading of of his holy word. (laughs) So, this is Paul's letter to those Thessalonians. Early, early letter. It's one of the early ones. And um, I always remind my folks, whenever we're in an epistle... You know, remember, we're only hearing half the conversation. Remember that Paul is not a systematic theologian. Mm -hmm. I reminded them that the way the New Testament is organized, um, that the letters are not organized in chronology. They're They're organized by length. length. Yes, which totally, like, blew... I could actually see people's minds just going... Yeah, no, it just tickles me that that's... Right. Oh, church fathers. You oh, are church fathers. Such idiots sometimes. Right. You know, in reading this, I, I think about how the people who first heard this letter are not all that different from us. Of course not. Right? We're There's, humans. They right? got the struggles. Yeah. Yeah, we got the struggle. And that Paul is working on working with people to figure out what their identity as a follower of Jesus Christ looks like. What does it look like to be a follower of Christ. That it's not just internal changes in your little, in your, in your warm little cozy cockles of your heart. 
Cockles is not a word I hear very often. (laughs) Well, you know. I need to take a moment for that one. Mm. Okay. Okay. There's, you know, how are you in relation to the culture around you? Yeah. And to think, you know, are we culturally Christian or are we Christian by faith? It's kind of one of those I know that culturally Christian is a thing. I think it is. I think it is. Uh, I think it is. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's the right thing. I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think it's a good thing. But I'll, you know, I'll put that out there. Well, there's certainly like, I, I mean, there were people that I knew who grew up in the Midwest mm-hmm. who flat out did not believe in God at all. Like right. were mm-hmm. anti, very anti God, but they went to church every Sunday because that's, that's what you do. do. Yeah. That's yeah. where your social scene is. But I also and I think remember thinking it. like, Whoa, okay. Well, but I also think it happens in ways like where we accept anything that has the label Christian on it must be okay. Ugh. That's a culturally Christian thing, I think. That's gross. Paul in this letter is sort of struggling with how how this all works out, right? Like how you how you live into this. He's had this great experience, but what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And he's been preaching, but you know, how do we how does everyone have to live that out. And in this letter, he gives this admonishment, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. And that sounds so lovely. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, yeah. And when I talked about it with my Bible study, one of the the folks went, yeah, two of those, two of the three sound really, really good, really easy. Uh And I went, which two? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Two out of three ain't bad. Right? To quote Meatloaf. So which one did she say was hard? She said that the, I think she, for her, uh, the pray without ceasing. Was hard. Is hard. Yeah. yeah. But I think there's, I think it's different points at which each one of these is hard. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, finding joy always where there are situations and people who just suck joy mm-hmm. out of the very marrow of your bones. Oh my gosh. I was talking to somebody today about listening to the podcast S-Town. Uh-huh. And how within 20 minutes of the first episode, I was like, okay, if this guy's in it the whole time, I cannot. Right. I cannot. Right. And it was because, you know, when you're a pastor, you deal with a lot of people who are in unhealthy mental places, places. a lot. And so you you recognize it quickly. And if that's what you're doing during your day, like you don't want to do that again at night. Right. And so or in like the on, car. on your free time, that's not a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hearing this guy and I'm just going, oh, God, I hope he's not in the whole thing. And I talked to somebody from my church and they were like... <laughs> You're listening to the podcast? And I said, yeah, but I'm not, you know, I'm first episode still. Like, don't don't yeah. spoil anything. I said, but this guy super annoys me. I hope he's not in everything. And they looked at me and their eyes got really <gasps> big and they were like, he's not. <laughs> so no spoiler alert, no but we know what happens. He's not. He goes away. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. And then I realized how that happens and I felt really bad about it. And I, I was talking to them again the next week and I said, look here's why I reacted the way I reacted. And I said, of course, now I feel bad about that. But I also kind of don't. Right. So here, here's why I reacted. And they go, oh, that makes a lot of sense so that you would that you would be sensitive to those. You would pick up on that because. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like sometimes there are those people that you just go, oh, this is going to take some effort. Yeah. Like this is going to, this mm-hmm. is not going to be easy to naturally find joy in this place. Right. And the call is still. Find joy. To do that, but yeah. also to regulate yourself so you're not exhausting yourself. Right, right. Yeah. And then, you know, when you're thinking about the pray without ceasing thing, right, that's ignoring distractions and ignoring shiny objects and, and all the things that are out there that will, will, will pull us away from that practice, mm. right? And I think that's what my person in my Bible study was like, ah, uh, you're right, like... Yeah. Well, they, they didn't think that you have to have a constant ongoing inner monologue with God? No, but even the... 
the pacing of that or the yeah. yeah paying attention to that. And then, you know, to give thanks in all circumstances, even when we can't see what there is to give thanks for, mm-hmm. is really hard. Yeah. It's really hard. So I was thinking about this passage and thinking about these three things and thinking about the cultural response to that, to those three things, and right, which is like, that's impossible mm-hmm. or that just doesn't work. Right. Well, joy is when I'm happy as right. opposed to joy is something that you cultivate. Right. Right. That you notice right. and that you... What came to my mind is Pollyanna. Uh, of course. Yes. <laughs> We've had Pollyanna conversations on the podcast before. before. Tell us the soapbox so... about Pollyanna, Susan. <laughs> so, I, so I did a little bit more about the Pollyanna story this time because, you know, like, here's the story. Pollyanna is this little girl who becomes an orphan and has to move in with her very bitter, wealthy aunt mm-hmm. back stateside. And she's been raised as a missionary kid. She had the experience of wanting a doll. Mm-hmm. And this is back in the time when um, churches would fill up barrels and then send them to missionaries. Uh-huh. And when the barrel arrived, she was hoping there was going to be a doll in it. And there wasn't a doll in it. Instead, there were crutches. Uh-huh. And she's sorely disappointed and she's crying and she's bereft. And, you know, there's no joy there. There's no thankfulness there. And her father gives her this life lesson that our culture has sort of poo-pooed and made it like magical thinking. Uh-huh. But really what her father tells her is there's something to be thankful for here. And she's like, what is there to be thankful for in a barrel that doesn't contain what I want? Exactly. And her father goes, well, at least you don't need the crutches. And he teaches her that the Bible is more full of thanksgiving and joy than it is these places of despair and whining. And judgment. And judgment and and all these things, right? And Pollyanna takes this to heart. And in the process, in the story... She transforms her community. Yeah. Right? The the recluse that was, you know, nasty and mean, she wins him over as a friend and she she sees people who are being ignored and gives them friendship and she and she even helps her aunt come out of her her pain and hurt, right? Yeah. And of course this is a story, but most of our stories that that have any lasting impact on us have have a basis in reality, right? Of course. The rant that you remind me of is I always go that Pollyanna gets a bad, if you call She's somebody a bad rap, she gets a bad rap for being, for being like, like a che- cheap, cheap optimist, cheap optimist. And she's not a cheap optimist, right? She's just practicing what Paul presents in this passage, which right. is looking for joy, being aware of joy, praying without ceasing and giving thanks in all circumstances, mm-hmm. which leads to joy. It wins the battle against bitterness every time. Wins the battle, right? As I said to my congregation, not to get too woo-woo, but to practice these practices, and they are practices, right? They're not assumptions that you can just go into the world and go, everything will be joyful. Mm -hmm. Or everything that I will be remembered to be thankful at all times. But this is when we go into the world and we go, I need to practice this. Mm -hmm. That car just cut me off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can be thankful they did not hit me. Yeah. Even if I can't be joyful <laughs> about yeah, it. Yeah, that they're on the road. road right? Exactly. There are the, and, and these practices are places for the inbreaking of God. Mm-hmm. If we are not doing that practicing, if we are letting um, sorrow or pain rule our day, and there are going to be days where we can't, but we got to be aware that there will be joy again. You know, that things, we'll find the Thanksgiving in something. And so I asked folks to just think about, and I asked you to think about a time when you experienced joy. 
and I list off a bunch of op- you know places that places might where that might happen for you, right? Like yeah. like being in the wilds of nature, yeah, or um, coming home after a long trip or a long day or a long day. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's in silliness and dancing. My joyful moment recently was so you and I often go out and walk around the mm-hmm. marina in Sparks. Mm-hmm. We have a marina in the desert. We do yes, we do, and it's about a two mile track around. And so we'll often go out and walk around. And I have another friend I'll go out and walk around with. And yesterday we did three laps. Whoa! At the marina, which was I just needed to get out and move right. before you right. know. So you did one with it, me, a long then... night, a long one with you, one with. Uh, my other friend, and then one just with me and oh, Squirrel. Wow. Okay. And Squirrel being my dog. Yeah. And uh, with you, we walked, mm-hmm. and that was fine. With uh, the second lap, Squirrel trotted. Mm-hmm. And on the third lap, she frolicked. <laughs> and I don't know why the energy <laughs> level like... went up instead of down, but it did the th- on the third lap. She's like, we get to go around again. We're going around again. And she could not stop skipping and jumping and turning and twirling. And she danced down the path. Oh, that's so and much it fun. And it was so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even when we were out on the second lap, she was walking with her little friend who's a little shih tzu. And she would, every once in a while, she'd try and get him to play, mm-hmm. you know, and, and clearly he was not having it. He was and like, so no, we are working. She would try to play and he would be like, I'm walking here. <laughs> and they would walk. Out of my way. Fine, I'll walk. And then uh, and then he left and she was like, there's nothing to inhibit my joy. joy. And she was, which just makes everybody who sees her yeah. smile because it's yeah. just so much fun. And I know not everybody's a dog person, but, but there are people around you who kind of have that natural gift. Mm-hmm. And if you are having a hard time, spend a little time with, with them him. and watch how they do it because it's a little contagious. It is. You know? It really is. Squirrel's, it really is. Squirrel's joy is certainly contagious. Yeah. And people's crotchetiness is also contagious. contagious. So, so don't be one of those. Attention. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I also lifted up like the idea that you might experience joy when you feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That it's not maybe not external, but internal. That you're just experiencing that. Or learning something new. Um, even my my fascinating fact at the beginning, I got reports back yesterday at Bible study that somebody in the crowd was like, "Oh!" In the in that moment, even uh-huh. experienced the joy of going, "Oh!" I just learned something new. I just learned something new. I think about the preschool teachers at my preschool and the joy they get in watching like little light bulbs go on. Uh-huh. Kids get that number or that letter or that sound or finally figure out how to behave. <laughs> Like, here's how we sit. This is how we sit. Or yeah. this is how we get come in from, from being outdoors. Walk or behind me. Walk behind me, right? Walk behind me, Papa. Walk behind me, Papa, as your niece does, right? Yeah. Or watching a family return to wholeness after sep- being separated. Mm-hmm. Like, especially as we think of the dependency court system and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the ways that we're on the edge of that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get to see that. This in this season, the right gift at the right moment, mm-hmm. you know, five dollar flowers or something far more rare. I was talking to my organist who broke his wrist Ugh. recently, roller skating like a pro. And uh, I got him for Christmas, I got him wrist cards because mm-hmm. it's the second time he's broken his wrist this year. And I thought it was pretty funny, and, but I wasn't sure if he would think if it was funny or if it was, you know, snarky or whatever, mm-hmm. which is can still be funny. Yeah. And I told him about it, and I happened to be talking to him, and I was on speakerphone, and his girlfriend, girlfriend. was with him, and she just started laughing <laughs> so hard. And Aaron says, this is my favorite part about all the messages that you've been sending me recently, is like, I think they're funny, but she laughs. 
<laughs> it's like, and that's something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to an older woman uh, that I work with quite frequently who lost her husband mm-hmm. uh, several years ago. And she, she doesn't refer to him as her husband. She refers to him as her soulmate, mm-hmm. her partner mm-hmm. in life, uh-huh. her best friend. Her, yeah. You know, they were, they had a really tight bond and they were married for, you know, decades and decades and decades. Yep. And when she lost him, she went into a really deep grief. Mm-hmm. And I talked to her this morning and she said, this is the first Christmas mm. since my husband died that I feel like myself again. Wow. That I feel like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually experiencing joy. It yeah. took a few years to yeah. get there. Yeah. But that this year she feels wow. joyful. And yeah. I said, oh, it's like you've come home to yourself again. And she goes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Like I yeah. found my own place again. The story I shared in my sermon about joy was an experience from 2004. Okay. And it had to do with an art exhibit at the um, Legion of Honor in San Francisco. The one that's out on the yeah, point yeah. there. It was an art deco exhibit organized by the Victoria and Albert in um, London. And mm-hmm. it was traveling. And I went and... I literally, like still, like if I see some of, some of the pieces were really famous that were in it. So when I see those images, I'm still reminded of this experience, uh-huh. right? The way I describe it, it, it was just a joyful experience to be in the presence of so much beauty and talent and creativity. And like there, it was, you know, it's a drastic change. It's something that causes a reaction in you. Exactly. To, exactly. To feel and even to feel vicariously right. through somebody else's idea. idea. That I can even 13 years later, that experience of the joy uh-huh. when I, when I see another piece. And, and then I remember all the other pieces that I saw the the tea services and the paintings and the furniture. And um, I also remember a very beautiful motor boat engine okay <laughs> it was part of this display right and and that room and the joy that that just i can still feel it i can still know it you know like that yeah. we have those places of joy that we can revisit like just thinking about squirrel prancing yesterday makes you happy yeah. makes you happy well, right? and there's the idea that nostalgia is not always melancholy right like nostalgia is not like oh the good old days. It can no. be something that where we can go wow I can be grateful right? that I had, had that, that experience. experience. So why we why it's okay to laugh at a funeral right because oh, gosh, the yes. person that you are honoring hopefully mm-hmm. you know made you happy yes. at some point or yes. had some joy in their own life or they were funny or right. whatever. Right. But there there's some part of them that you can be grateful for even well, in the midst of being sad that they're not with yeah. you. Well and like. I think I've shared this story with you. I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast, but one of the things I do when meeting with families around memorial services, I say, is there something that if we don't share it in there, we will have, there will be a loss Mm -hmm. because my family had the experience that, um, when my, my mother's sister, my aunt Clara died, nobody mentioned at her memorial service, her laugh. Oh, and I can still hear her laugh. She had a really distinctive (laughs) laugh. Yes. Yes. And she laughed frequently. Uh-huh. You know, she she was quippy and, you know. Yeah. Those was, she things. was looking for the joke. She was looking for the joke. Like, like I still, every time I buy something, I think, for the kitchen, I think, can I put this in the dishwasher? And if I can't put it in the dishwasher, I put it back. Because Aunt Clara told me, you don't laughingly, you don't buy anything that you don't put in the dishwasher. <laughs> right, like, I'm not washing dishes. <laughs> I'm not washing My dishes. My goodness. Right? That's great. Like, I've been, like that. I've been purging boxes recently. Uh-huh. And... Just boxes that have been moving with me from place to place mm-hmm. to place that have never been sorted through. It's old papers and old mail and old whatever. And I found this stack of music from college. Mm. It was all, when I was learning how to play the guitar, all the guitar 
mm-hmm. chords and songs that we used to play to mm-hmm. practice, mm-hmm. but also as part of like my small group or whatever. Right. And on the outside of one of these booklets, mm-hmm. I had stuck a photo that I'd printed out on my color printer of a group of friends of mine from high school. Oh, uh-huh. And so as I'm like sorting through these pages and trying to figure out like, what do I keep? What do I get rid of? I can find all this stuff again if I need it. I right. probably don't yeah, need yeah, it. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I can just pull it up I'm on like, my phone. Yeah, I'm like flipping through, flipping through. And I come across this picture that's just taped on the outside of one of these folders. Mm-hmm. And it, it knocked me back. Mm. It was just one of those like, oh my gosh, look at us. We were, we loved hanging out together. It was our... Students for the Recognition of Diversity Club was what it was. And so every person was a different color in the picture. Every person had a different story, had a different heritage, had a different accent, had a different way of approaching the world. And we had so much fun together. Yeah. And to see this photo, it was just like, man, I have known so many cool people in Mm -hmm. my life. Even these snotty 17-year-olds that I used to be one of, you know, even even these guys... Right. Uh, back in the day before they had all the education and experiences and accomplishments that they've since gained, these guys were so much fun to be yeah. around. And I just just had a little moment of like, oh, yeah, I've, I've lived a pretty cool life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I want to remind people that joy comes in a lot of forms. Yeah. It comes in awe and it comes in elation. It comes in that happy feeling. But it also comes when all you can say is, wow, mm-hmm. I'm overwhelmed. It comes in Eureka, I've got it figured out, or at least I got a glimpse, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. You know, as we think about joy and where our joy is, Paul and Pollyanna. Paul and Pollyanna, I like Paul it. and Pollyanna, remind you that your joy depends on who and where our gods are. Where are our gods? Are we worshiping the, the shiny objects of the season? Or are we ready for what God's going to do in our life? And what draws us into that And what draws us into that? Yeah. Because joy is one of those things that... That does that, yeah. like that can can open our eyes exactly. Right. The past couple of weeks, we've been talking about this. You know, where where is home? Where is God? And where is God in that? And 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 talking about you know crying for God to be here, noticing where God is in the intersections of things, and then finding joy in that is all part of the same continuum. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean that we don't have dissatisfaction. In fact, I think. The fact that we find joy in things helps us see where things are not yet perfect. Where they're not yet joyful. You know, they're not yet full of what God would have them be full of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that that moves us, you know, the joy is part of that that place that gives us the energy to go do the things that we're called to do. Mm-hmm. To be in the presence of the harder things, of to, to call out when justice is not present and mm-hmm. to show up and to find laughter and joy in the midst of that makes joy our home mm-hmm. it makes the pla- that the place instead of fear instead of anxiety we are most at home when we are in the midst of god's joy i was just thinking about bob ross <laughs> yes. like there are no mistakes you know if you if you mess something up you'd say just turn it into a happy little tree yeah, you know like right, right. like it's it's a little bit like that where it's, it's kind of like, like you know, there's these there's these places that are sort of the mar on the landscape. Mm-hmm. And you realize like, oh, this is not what we intended. Right. And well, what can you do with that? Yeah. Where, how can you make that place mm-hmm. joyful? Either yeah. by fixing it, rectifying yeah. it, healing it, or... Or maybe changing or poking your poking per- fun at it so that it, yeah. changing uh, your perspective. you can speak a truth that needs to be spoken. Yeah. But, but that there's a way to turn that 
that little mistake into a happy little tree. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> that so. Pollyanna will fall out of and then need the crutches for. Yes, there you go. So, full circle. Yeah, full circle. Full circle. So, anyway. All right. But there's, there we are, First Thessalonians. Well, cool. Third Sunday of Advent. Thank you, Susan. The, the pink candle, for those who are following along. <laughs> On the third Sunday of Advent, <laughs> we light pink. <laughs> we light pink. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In oh, podcast. By the way, the pink candle, I have to share the story. Oh, yeah. Is. Did so, you light the wrong candle again this year? No, we, we, oh. we lit the right candle. Um, but I, but I had children's time like right after we did the lighting of the candles, and I said to my kids, I said, "Why is there a pink one up there?" And one of the girls raised her hand and said, "Breast cancer awareness." <laughs> <laughs> and you said, "There's a podcast about that." <laughs> no, I did not. I was Good. not quite that quick on my feet, but I was like. I'm glad you got that association, but that's not why. That's not what that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us, if you want to tell us a story about where you experience joy, you can send us an email. Uh, we're at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can comment on the post on the Facebook page. You can leave us a comment on the blog, which is sundaymorningsleepin.com, which, by the way, also has links to lots of things that we've been talking about all the time. You can find us on any social media platform and any podcast listening platform. And we encourage you to subscribe, like, comment, share, do all the things. Yes. Helps us out. Uh, the scripture for this podcast is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 24. And the music that you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. And so we end every worship service and every podcast with a blessing, a benediction ascending forth and Um, I'm just going to borrow some words from Paul (laughs) and say, may the God of peace sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound, especially in this season. And the one who calls you is faithful and God will do this. Amen. Amen. Amen.